this week on Moms Moving On. I think for people who are newly divorced, like that being divorced could be, I know it's hard and traumatic, but that could be your victory. And there could be people sitting in marriages that are unfulfilled and miserable. And you see on social media, the cute, happy couple, but you don't have any idea what's going on behind the scenes. And the fact that someone had the courage to leave a marriage that was sucking the life out of them, like that is a victory. And that's, you know, not celebrated nearly as much on social media as like I the know. couple drinking their margaritas, right? <laughs> Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another Moms Moving On. I'm so happy to have you here because today we're going to be talking all about you and how you can be a better more conscious parent as you start your co-parenting journey. We have nobody better to share this conversation with us today than Shelly Robinson of the popular Instagram page, Raising Yourself. She's a holistic family wellness coach, workshop facilitator, and conscious parenting advocate. And her mission is to teach busy moms how to kick negative parenting patterns to the curb by teaching them the art and science of creating new habits, how to build conscious connection with their children, and most importantly, how to take radically good care of themselves. And there's no better time to do all of those things than after a divorce. Shelly, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. I know. I Well, I've been following you for a long time and a lot of your work feels like it's just for me, but I know <laughs> that um, it's not. And it's for so many of us who feel the same way about our parenting practices. So can you talk a little bit about yourself and how you entered the conscious parenting arena? Yeah, I would love to. You know, something I always say about how I got into gentle conscious parenting is that ironically, anger was my gateway to gentle parenting because when I first became a mom almost a dozen years ago, like so many parents, I I blamed my kids for my anger. You know, they would make me mad. And I wasn't taking a whole lot of responsibility for why I might be mad. And when I say mad, I don't mean like irritable. I mean like that kind of red hot mom rage, like, whoa, Mm -hmm. where did that come from? Yeah. And I remember vividly like being in my son's bedroom. He was like four or five and we were arguing about something like taking a bath or brushing his teeth. And I got so enraged that he wouldn't, I'm putting this in quotes, like, listen to me. But it was like this deeper, like not being heard. And it was like some sort of something was emotionally activated where I, and at the time I didn't know what it was, right? I didn't know anything about inner child work or reparenting or conscious parenting. I was just like, whoa. And so I started getting really curious about that. And I was like, where did that come from? And it really just kind of led me down this path of uncovering what was behind my mom rage and that it didn't mean I was a bad mom and it didn't mean I was a bad person, but really there were all these layers of me that hadn't been peeled back. And like kids are excellent at bringing all that stuff to the surface, aren't they? (laughs) I mean, nobody shines a light on your weaknesses or your unhealed traumas more easily than your children. I realized that. And I, I too, I mean, it took for me having my own daughter to realize where I needed to do the work so that I could, so that I could be like probably 
way better than I would have been had I not done the work. You know what I mean? So for you, what did you think? Like, you don't mind getting too personal. Like where, where was that rage coming from? Not being heard. I mean, and I don't just mean that about my family of origin. I, I think children in general are silenced and oppressed and in different institutions. And, you know, so when people say they weren't heard as a child, that could come from a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like a mashup for me and, and something about my children not listening to me, like activated that awareness. And so I really, um, and I don't think I realized, I don't think I ever would have realized that wound was there had I not had children. Maybe I would have, but I mean, they just, they're just really efficient at getting <laughs> to that kind of that stuff. So yeah, I think I just, I didn't have a voice and um, I didn't realize it until I was in my thirties. Well, I'm glad that you had that awareness. And I think for yeah. me, it was also in my thirties. Like you really have to go through, you know, you, you have to get to a place where you realize you don't have a choice. Like I have to yeah. change or it's, it's all going to be a hot mess from here. Right. So in our mom's moving on world, we're constantly speaking to, I'm personally working with moms who are now not only just working through the emotions of getting divorced, but learning to co-parent. And yeah. that's a struggle in itself for so many reasons. One, you feel this pressure to be your best and on your mm-hmm. A game all the time, because now you don't know what the kids are going to go back and tell the other parent. You're worried right. that maybe he's better and they're going to pre- prefer the other parent over you. And then you have the stress of being a single parent. So you realize very quickly that, oh my God, I, I better figure something out here. Do yeah. you? Can you speak to, um, have you worked with single moms before? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what what have you found to be the biggest struggles in um, when it comes to single parenting and motherhood? So I think in my work and when I talk about um, reparenting yourself, there's a lot of talk about inner child work. And if that if that term doesn't vibe with people, because I know when I first started out, that sounded really far out for me. But this younger version of ourselves, um, when there's a fractured relationship and when there's two parents trying to juggle things, I think there's just of vulnerability. And I think if it wasn't safe to be emotionally vulnerable as a child, as a younger version of yourself, a divorce can open up this whole new world of wounds that you didn't realize you had around this. And so you're terrified of losing um, like this image that you want to keep with your children when really kids want to see us in all our messy humanity. And that's the truth. But if it wasn't safe to be in all your messy humanity as a child. And then, you know, you grow up and you have the chance to do this in front of your kid. It doesn't feel safe. So it's like, you have to look at that part of yourself and see what am I terrified of happening here? If my child sees me being a messy human, if you were, if you were like invalidated or rejected being a messy human as a kid, you might be afraid that your kid's going to reject you for that. And you don't know that sometimes consciously, but it's just like deep, subconscious programming that's kind of running the show. And that's the whole point of this work is to kind of bring that to the surface and be like, oh, this fear is actually a lie. It is safe to be a human. It's safe to mess up. And it's safe for my kids to see that. Uh, An eye-opening moment for me was Mm -hmm. when my daughter's therapist and I had a session because I'm a big believer in therapy for children, especially kids who are co-parented and might feel stuck in the middle. She said to me, I need to ask you a favor. Can you try to be less perfect? And I was like, 
what do you mean? Are you calling me perfect? And she was like, well, I see how hard you are on yourself to do the right thing. And that might be sending the wrong message to Bella. And I I was like, whoa, you're right. Because I didn't understand why, you know, my daughter was so fixated on getting every word right on her spelling test Mm. or, you know, her outfit looking a certain way. And I was always so hyper-focused on doing it right that it was leaving her no room for error. And that was so eye-opening for me. Yeah, it's interesting how we don't, you know, we're not aware that we're like maybe passing that stuff on and not intentionally. We're just, we're just kind of running on like this autopilot that we don't mean to like, you know, pass on to kids. But that's why, that's why it's so important to kind of be willing to be humble. And I think that's something that I talk about all the time in conscious parenting is it's so humbling. Like I thought, you know, I think when we become parents, we're like, I'm going to teach my kids so much. I'm going to impart so much wisdom. And then they, then we see them picking up some of our habits and then we're like, Oh, <laughs> I got a little bit of stuff to work on. And they don't even, they're so nice. They don't even like tell us directly. They just like live their little lives. And then we see them and they're like, where, where did I even, where did they get that? Where did they learn that? Right. And we have to, it's a mirror back to us, you know, and it's, it's humbling. It is so humbling. Yeah. And I know for co-parenting moms, yeah. the big fear is, are they going to want dad or the other parent more than me? Yeah. Am I going to not do this right? Am I going to be too strict? Will I be too stressed out? Will right. I have too much anger or emotions? So what would you say to the mom who's like constantly in fear of not living up to the other parent? Right. So I think it's so important to kind of see where that's coming from. Is that it's coming from a place of lack and scarcity and fear. And usually when we have thoughts coming from those places, they're rooted in untruths, they're rooted in, in lies. So it's just, I think I would say it's important to pause and say, where is this coming from? Is it true or is it just a lie that I'm kind of hanging on to and kind of digging around to find out where that lie even came from? You know, we weren't born believing these lies about ourselves, but why do you think, like what lie is kind of running through your brain? Is it that you're going to be rejected by your child? that you're going to be, you know, abandoned by your child and they're going to prefer the other parent. And if none of that's really rooted in truth, it's important to kind of dig around and uncover where it came from so you can overrate that story because it's a story in your mind. And we have the power as parents to say, I see that's a story and I'm going to write a new story. And it's going to be one that's rooted in self-compassion and truth and love for myself and love for my children. Yes. And that self-compassion I think comes in, like has to come into play big time because you are going to be more emotional and a little bit more raw, at least in the first couple of years of the divorce and co-parenting process. And this is why I love the story on your website about anger. Mm -hmm. Um, When you lost control with your Mm eight-year-old and you just felt like completely out of control and, and felt terrible about yourself we all have these moments. I, I remember one particular moment. I'm not a yeller. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm very sort of like, I like to speak to my child, not speak down to her. Yeah. Um, but I had a moment. She was just two. I was going through the divorce process. I was so stressed out. Yeah. And she had gone into the pantry and just like opened up a jar of almonds. Almonds are expensive. Right. And like dumped, dumped them all over the floor. Uh-huh. And I yelled for the first time. And she looked at me and she's oh. like, mommy, so scary. Yeah. And I know we all have those moments. Yeah. And I think 
it just pushes you deep down into this place of shame. So can you speak to that shame a little bit? Yeah, I think we all, that shame comes from somewhere. Like when we make a mistake as an adult and feel shame about it, like where does, where did that come from? Um, Were we, were we shamed as children for making mistakes? Were we shamed, you know, as we, as we were adolescents, like where did that come from? And the only antidote to shame is self-compassion and thinking about yourself in a way that you would speak to your children or speak to a best friend. Like if they messed up, would you get curious? Like, gosh, are you overwhelmed? Are you under a lot Mm -hmm. of stress? Are you angry? (laughs) (laughs) Sleep like, there's always an explanation about our anger and our rage and us losing our tempers. And it has nothing to do with us being bad moms. And so the shame though comes from that belief. And again, that's a story that we believe like I suck. I'm a bad mom. I'm going to ruin my kids. And then we just <laughs> wallow in this shame. And it, it's yes. the thing that keeps us stuck. Ironically, like we think berating ourselves is like some sort of like atoning for our mistakes, but really it's the very thing that keeps us like in that perpetual cycle. It's funny because I, I still like, I traumatized myself in that moment. Yeah. And I, my daughter's seven now, and like, there'll be an incident where she's really anxious or stressed out about something. And I'm like, it's all because I lost my temper in the pantry that day. That, that was it. I ruined her. I ruined her. And, <laughs> and we put like that much pressure on ourselves. And I just think it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know why we do it. Yeah, but we do it. I know. I think we think it like somehow evens the score and it's really, it doesn't do anything, but like cause us to reflect back however many years later and be like, that's the reason. That's the reason my yeah. kids messed up. Yeah. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? Do you find that as moms, we all tend to think that like, we're doing it worse than everybody else oh, and yeah. that our kids are worse. Than, yeah. Yeah. And I think Why are social we like media, that? I mean, I think social media makes it really tough because we're never seeing the behind the scenes. And I don't know that we should always see the behind the scenes. Like it's not everyone's business to know like what's happening behind closed doors all the time, but there's not a lot of vulnerability online. No. And so we see these Pinterest perfect um, situations with moms telling these before and after stories from like, you know, I, I used to be a yeller and now I'm conscious and there's no, there's never any, I shouldn't say never, but a lot of times there's not a lot of nuance. Like I did a lot of healing and I'm still messing up or, you know, it's just so it's hard. I think social media can be a blessing for sure. But then if you get, if you go down the, you know, hole of finding all these Pinterest worthy accounts, you feel bad about yourself. So you have to be very, very careful with what you consume or you can get caught in that comparison trap for sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I talk about um, social media all the time with my clients and with my followers it's probably the most triggering thing yeah. when you're a new, newly divorced person yeah. for so many reasons from seeing 
couples out on date oh, night mm -hmm. on the weekends to family photos on the holidays, it's really triggering. And so you really have to choose your um, content and what you consume right, right. wisely. Yeah. And I mean, I think for people who are new, newly divorced, like that being divorced could be, I know it's hard and traumatic, but that could be your victory. And there could be people sitting in marriages that are unfulfilled and miserable. And you see on social media, the cute, happy couple, but you don't have any idea what's going on behind the scenes. And the fact that someone had the courage to leave a marriage that was sucking the life out of them, like that is a victory. And that's, you know, not celebrated nearly as much on social media. As, like, I know. Couple drinking their margaritas, right? <laughs> yes. You know, and that's exactly what I do is I help women step into that perspective of like, oh, I'm good by myself yeah. and I'm going to celebrate how hard I work to get to this place yeah. because again, there's so much shame associated with divorce, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. So in your definition, what does it mean to truly be a conscious mom? Oh, I love this question. I think, I think being self-aware is the number one pillar of conscious parenting. Obviously you're wanting to be conscious. I'm kind of defining the same but no, I think, yeah, I think we all hear the term conscious parenting, yeah. but a lot of us don't know what it really means. Yeah. It's that ability to cultivate self-awareness so that you can offer both yourself compassion and your children compassion, because you cannot, you cannot extend compassion to someone if you're beating yourself up all day. So it's that cultivating self-awareness of like, how am I speaking to myself? How am I relating to myself? So start there and then then you have like built this foundation to be able to say, how am I relating to my child and how, and it's just so much easier when you're nice to yourself to be nice to your kid. I mean, yeah. you know, I can tell you like so many days where I've been like super critical of myself and down on myself and you better believe I'm a little extra cranky with my kids. And it's not an accident. Those two go hand in hand. So when you are extra cranky with your kids, as you know, we're all going to be at one point or another. Yeah. What is the conversation with your children? Like after that, I have a good friend who's a conscious parenting expert. And yeah. she's all about talking it through, apologizing, yeah. owning your mistakes. Can you speak to a little bit what, like what that would look like for you? Right. Yeah. Repairing is a huge part of conscious parenting because we are going to mess up and striving to be perfect is going to set us up for being cranky because it's exhausting. Right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure. So after the fact, if I've messed up or been cranky, I always repair and I say, I was so tired or I was really stressed and I was overwhelmed and I should not have taken that out on you. It's not fair. And I'm sorry. And I'm going to take some time to myself. You, you can hear me saying this, like I say it a lot because I do. I mean, I'm going to take some time to myself and they know when to honor that for me because they do it for themselves. So we give and take. And if they need a break and they're overwhelmed and they're cranky, they're like, I need to read a book. Please don't come in and like, don't bother me. And we all just like ask for that because we're all human beings who get overwhelmed and it's just mm -hmm. being honest and not pretending that I have it all together all the time, because I wouldn't want to live with someone who had it all together. That would make me feel really bad about myself. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I love that. I think that repairing is so huge. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I learned to be a really great connector between uh -huh. me and my daughter was yeah. when I could sit down and say, Hey, like, I was just so rude. I, and, she, and my, my daughter will be like, you were hangry. I know Aww. it. Or you needed a coffee. Yeah. I know it. <laughs> you know what? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. And it goes the other way. Like when she is not at her best, we'll talk it through. And yeah. she knows like, she's not getting in trouble. Right. We just want to talk through why she behaved that way or felt that way or whatever. And it always connects us. And there's always 
a hug and maybe some tears and and then we go about our day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in that, when you're explaining to your kid, like how you were feeling, it gives them the ability to understand the human beings and their emotions are nuanced. So you can give them like a description of how you were feeling. So they understand that there's more to emotions and happy, sad, and flat, you know, like there's more and there's more to feeling than just those three or four and that you can have this really broad range of emotions. And this reminds me of a story from last night. My daughter was laying in bed and she was having a hard time. She didn't want to go to sleep. She said she was tired, wired. And then she said she was scranky. And I was like, scranky, that was such a cool word. I'm like, what? She's sick. So she loves like combining words. And I was like, what does that even mean? She's like, sad and cranky. I'm cranky. And I was like, oh, I love that. And I love that. Like she had the vocabulary to <laughs> even describe that and like, know that she could be those things and she could say them. And I wasn't going to be like, oh, you should be happy. And I'm like, I know I'm right. cranky sometimes. Too. Okay. Right. That's so great. I yeah. love that. Like, like hangry, cranky. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's but I love when I think it's, you realize you're doing something right when your children can really name their feelings yeah. and they're and they're comfortable talking to you about them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you know what? Like, Something else with the repair I wanted to mention was the importance of self-forgiveness. And I think I thought of that when you had mentioned that that incident with the almonds and the yelling and thinking about it however many years later. And, you know, I think we all have a moment like that that we still haven't really forgiven ourselves for. But really, that's yeah. part of repairing with the child is repairing with yourself and being like, man, I was really tired or there was I'm going through a divorce. No wonder I'm overwhelmed and stressed and emotionally activated. There are so many like triggers coming at me right now. No wonder. And I say that a lot like to myself, like, no wonder I just, you know, snapped at my kid. Like, and I look back like at the last two days and I'm like, I, maybe I forgot my workouts or I'm dehydrated or I've been consuming too much social media or I'm doom scrolling. Like, no wonder, but it's never because I doom suck. Scroll. It's never because you're a bad mom. That's why you did it. How rude are those weekly screen time reports? You're like, oh, oh God, God, I don't need to know that. Those are true. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I do a lot of scrolling too, but a lot of it is for research. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love this conversation and I love the work that you do. I can't end this episode without asking you, when do you think it's time for a mom to call in a conscious parenting lifeline like yourself? I think when you've you've cultivated awareness around your patterns, but you're struggling to break them because I don't think a coach can make you become aware. I think that's really personal work that we have to be courageous and do on our own. But I know I have been, I have found myself in patterns in my life and not just parenting patterns, but I, I can see like myself doing the same thing over and over again. In fact, I had a journal entry that dated exactly one year later. This was like last year. And I was literally complaining about the same thing the exact same thing one year later. And I was like, Oh my God, like I can't seem to break this on my own. And I hired, I hired a coach for myself, uh, like a life coach. And so I think it's like when we get, we just don't know what we don't know. And we all have blind spots. And that's the humbling part of this work saying I'm stuck. It's okay. That's why people need each other. We're not meant to do this alone. A hundred percent. And I think part of growing and maturing and honoring yourself is knowing when to ask for help and, in the divorce process, that's a big part of moving on. Yeah. As we say in mom's moving on, yeah, you need totally. to know when to, to lean on somebody else. So I'm so glad that the world has you to lean on. Where can everybody find you, Shelly, if they have questions or want to work with you or just 
need to um, read your work to make themselves feel better. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. For a <laughs> I love this conversation. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Raising Yourself and ShellyRobinson.com. I love it. Everybody, I will link everything in the show notes. Shelly, thank you so much for being here today. And for everybody else, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On membership community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. 